African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us for this Wednesday edition of uh, African Dialogue. Thank you for listening to us uh, right here on uh, Channel Africa. Remember, we're on uh, the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Hello to the continent on uh, that shortwave service. And those who listen to us in South Africa, neighboring countries, we're on DSTV on Channel 802. Uh, You can also stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today we're looking at a political theme and a political story. We're going right to uh, Angola and looking at uh, uh, the politics there and the future of uh, Angola in terms of the new president. We know Jao Manuel Lorenzo was inaugurated as president of Angola at a ceremony in Luanda. He succeeded Jose uh, Eduardo dos Santos who had been uh, running Angola for 38 years. We did a program on this uh, during those particular elections, breaking down the kind of leader uh, Dos Santos was. Now, Lorenzo, the new president, read an oath at the ceremony and took power after the ruling MPLA party won last month's election. Outgoing President Dos Santos was at the ceremony but is reportedly in poor health. Uh, The People's Movement for the Liberation of Angola, or the MPLA, has governed since Angola's hard-fought independence from Portugal in 1975. The party won 61 percent of the vote in August, although this was a sharp drop in support from the previous election in 2012. Dos Santos is to remain MPLA party chief and the new laws limit the unfettered uh, presidential power he enjoys. When I speak about that, what does it mean to also have those two centers of power in the country? Well, we're joined by experts on the line to help us on this particular topic. We've got Dr. Justice Pierce, who's the research fellow at the Department of politics and international studies at the University of Cambridge. We also have Dr. Alex Vines joining us on the line. He's a research director in area studies and international law and head of Africa uh, programs as well. So we're going to be speaking to both of them just to unpack what this actually means. Now, let me start with you, Dr. Justice Pierce. We know that I've already outlined the fact that there is a history of an elitist culture in the politics of Angola, almost Africa's uh, 30 presidents as well and leaders of government uh, attended the inauguration and in terms of that we are seeing a support also from uh, uh, the international and uh, South, Afri- South Africa and other uh, African uh, countries in terms of this new election. Do you think that this is a new start for Angola? Um, to be honest, I, I don't think it really represents a, a new start. I mean, clearly it's significant that um, Santos has stepped down. Um, Angola has a new face at the top for the first time since uh, since 1979. But as you mentioned, um, Santos remains uh, uh, remains the leader of the of the MPLA party. It already appears that um, Santos has effectively had to 
give his blessing to to any new um, nominations made to to cabinet by by, uh, by Joao Lourenço. Also, crucially, family members and close allies of Bush Santos remain in key positions in terms of the control of the economy. This has been a transition of power which has been very carefully and closely staged, managed by uh, by Dos Santos in order to um, protect his own interests as he steps into into retirement. So while it's a fresh face, I wouldn't say it's a fresh start. While Dr. Alex Vines from Chatham House is also joining us, as I mentioned, and uh, you highlighted this uh, on one of your articles looking at this particular issue, Dr. Vines, and I'm sure you echo the same uh, sentiments from uh, uh, Dr. Pierce as well. Just to quote you uh, in your uh, piece here, in your introduction, you already set the tone uh, for your perspective, highlighting that the defense minister uh, also is... uh, doesn't quite uh, mark the end of an era in the cloistered Southern African oil giant. You also highlight the fact that uh, uh, there is actually a huge issue when it comes to Angola in terms of the allies that have surrounded themselves with the uh, former pres- President Jose uh, dos Santos. And also you highlight the fact that uh, it seems like also João Manuel Lorenzo has also benefited from uh, he, the relationship that he has with uh, uh, Dos Santos. Your take on things moving forward here? Uh, I do think the inauguration of a new president is significant. Change is not consistent. It goes in fits and starts. That's what happens in Angola if Mm. you look at change over the last uh, 20, 30 years. Uh, And so um, I think uh, Lorenzo will bring change in certain areas. I think it's premature to speculate on exactly who's got power where. We're going to see some signs of that with a new government that is going to be announced in the next few days. Uh, there'll be some progress and some disappointments is, is my, my understanding of what's happening. Uh, and it's also clear that the Dos Santos family are very nervous and anxious um, uh, about change. Um, and they haven't seen that, uh, that, that since uh, their pre- father had been president for 37 years. So this is an important moment for Angola. And uh, it's not business as normal. It's going to change. And I actually think, as you mentioned, that the president, himself, former president himself is not well. Um, so this issue of whether you're going to have uh, Joao Lorenzo's head of state and Jose Eduardo de Santos's head of the party, that might be resolved rather sooner uh, rather than later, uh, uh, given the deteriorating health of, of uh, Jose Eduardo de Santos. We might see a Congress, even by the end of this year, uh, to align the head of the party with the head of state. Now, staying with you, uh, Dr. Vines, is uh, looking at Lorenzo himself. Uh, we know uh, he has a clean record in terms of, uh, uh, in sense of uh, his reputation. We don't know any form of corruption that he's been uh, involved in, in any sense. Uh, but we know that uh, he's a man who has been a, a military man in Angola. And in a 45-minute speech, Lorenzo said he would strive uh, to bring in reforms covering gender equality, highlighted the freedom of the the press which is very essential for Angola, private enterprise and public health. Do you think that he's a man of his word? I know you highlighted earlier that it's too early to predict what the man will do. But looking at his record, do you think uh, he's trustworthy? 
Well, clearly a lot of people, including myself, have tried to see uh, whether we could demonstrate significant corruption uh, within his um, past record, and that's been difficult to prove. So at the moment, there's no evidence of that compared with some of his uh, counterparts. Um, I think he's going to find it incredibly difficult um, because the economy is very constrained. Uh, there is a acute liquidity crisis, including for foreign exchange in Angola. Uh, and so there are going to be limits to the areas that he can reform and move forward. Having said that, he will have to make some tough choices. Uh, and this is where I think the uh, announcement of what type of new government and who's in government positions is going to be a really important first uh, kind of litmus test of the direction of the Lorenzo administration. Well, we know that in terms of uh, the the country itself, uh, Dr. Vines is, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, state resources and also the fact that uh, just uh, the leadership style has been very much politically based. When we see also how the son and the daughters of uh, uh, the former president uh, uh, Dos Santos have benefited benefited from state resources. We'll speak about that a little bit later. Uh, what do you think the main challenges of uh, Angola are right now? We know that uh, uh, the uh, economy is uh, unpredictable in Angola. We know also the fact that, uh, you know, the the state is controlled by a few powerful members who are uh, connected to political elites has been one of the biggest challenges that has actually slowed down the transformation of of the economy. Moving forward, what do you think will be the key challenges for this new president? A really good question. I think there are two things in the short term that Lorenzo as president will have to do. Uh, one is to stabilize the economy, uh, and the priority there is reform of the oil and gas industry, because at the moment there is no new exploration for oil and gas. There's no greenfield development, uh, and the Angolan economy and Angolan politics is addicted to oil and oil money. Uh, if that isn't turned around, Angola will actually go into steep uh, production decline in a couple of years' time. So that's a key priority, and that will happen through the state oil company and its reform, Sonangol. And I do expect the daughter of the former president, Isabel de Santos, probably to stay as the head of that for now. The second one is banking reform. Uh, and this is a really big problem, and South African banks have had trouble in Angola too. Um, Standard Bank, for example, had a recent fine. Uh, and that's something I think is lower-hanging fruit um, uh, and easier, including about cleaning up beneficial ownership of banks, which also goes to politically exposed people, some in their former president's family. So those are the first steps, I think, about getting better confidence, easier to borrow money. Um, Angola mm. is considering a new euro bond, for example, which mm. probably will happen. Uh, but it will need a, a, a progressive uh, economic team. Mm. that has confidence of international markets. Mm. And the current governor of the Banco Nacional de Angola and the current finance minister, I don't think, do carry that confidence. And what has worried me is mm. a report in the Angolan media that they may be reappointed in their positions, which would be 
certainly a statement that Lorenzo isn't able to deliver on the economy in the way that we uh, that I would think mm, is mm, needed. Mm. Let me bring it to you, Dr. Justice Pierce, before we go to our break. I want to know your thoughts around uh, your sentiments and your understanding of Lorenzo himself and also how you think uh, things will move forward in terms of the challenges that need to be actually pinpointed to move the country forward economically. Very, it's very difficult to predict how mm. what 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 he's going to do in office. Sure. You know, he's been in a, in a in a key cabinet portfolio, but only for a few years as defence minister. Before that, there was a time when he was politically uh, politically marginalised and really had to keep quiet in order to uh, regain the confidence of um, of Dos Santos. So, on the basis of his past record, it's it's difficult to tell. I mean, in addition to what Alex has said about the uh, the need for economic reform, which I, I agree is is crucial, assuming that uh, Lorenzo is eventually going to become leader of the of the MPLA party as well, he's going to have a heavy task ahead of him in terms of restoring restoring the party's legitimacy. As you mentioned at the beginning, there's been a steady decline in the party's in the party's electoral results. Um, there was some dispute around the results of the current election. Um, the the, uh, the opposition took a case to court about the tallying of the votes, which the court threw out. But I believe there still are unanswered questions about um, about the electoral process. So, in order to restore political legitimacy, to bolster political legitimacy, that question of free and fair elections is going to have to be addressed, and the question of the MPLA's declining support. You know, although it still came in with 61%, um, I think the fact that results show it as getting slightly under 50% in Luanda, mm. the capital city, which is enormous and um, which has a much more open uh, political atmosphere, uh, more people have access to free media, you have a young population. If the result in Luanda is an indication of the direction in which Angola is traveling, Certainly, um, Lorenzo is going to have his work cut out for him in restoring the party's credibility. Well, we're going to take a quick break, getting a commentary from our experts on the line. That was the voice of Dr. Justice Justin Pierce, rather, who is a research fellow at the Department of Politics and International Studies at the University of Cambridge, joining us on the line. Now, we also have Dr. Alex Vines, who's a research director in area studies and international law, also head of the Africa program at Chatham House. It's 21 minutes past 11. We're going to take a, a quick break, and then we'll also be joined by our executive producer who has been looking at Angolan politics for a long time in the Portuguese service here at Channel Africa. Uh, get his breakdown as well as he joins the panel on this issue. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. It's 11.22 Central African time. Let's take a quick one. We'll be back after this. This is Channel Africa. South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunye Nzovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. 
Well, that's what we do. We give you the African perspective. We'll look right into the issues of the African continent and unpack it for you and uh, dissect things so you can understand what's happening on the African continent. So thank you for joining us on our various platforms and as we look at the Angolan issue today, looking at the inauguration of the Angolan President uh, Joao Lorenzo yesterday and uh, it seemed like uh, there was a lot of support from Africa's presidents, uh, but there's a lot that needs to be done in Angola to see see a new era being introduced uh, in terms of social and economic change in the country as was highlighted by both our guests Dr. Alex Vines and Dr. Justice Pierce. But now we're joined by Charlie Kumalo who is an executive producer in our Portuguese service here at Channel Africa. Well we were speaking about uh, this issue of uh, two centers of power when I started the program and we haven't really dissected that Charlie in terms of the fact that now we see the MPLA will be actually headed by the former uh, president of uh, Angola, Jose Eduardo dos Santos. But we see on the other hand that the president is Lorenzo. We're seeing two centers of power here. Maybe something that will happen in South Africa. We don't know after this 2019 ANC conference. What do these two centers of power mean for Angola itself? Very interesting, uh, Benjamin. All along, when President Dos Santos has been the president of the country, he's been the president of the ruling party as well for 38 years. Now that he's leaving office, he's dividing the power. The incoming president will be the president of the state, whereas President Dos Santos will retain the presidency of the ruling party, which is the policy-making office of the government. So this simply means that uh, the incoming president, Joao Manuel Lorenzo, is not going to wield any power by himself. He's not going to have any discretion to wield any power. He'll be taking powers from the ruling party, which, of course, will still be headed by uh, the predecessor, Jose Eduardo dos Santos. So, in short term, I can say that uh, the powers of the incoming president have been curtailed. So, one wonders uh, what power is the incoming president going to wield in the country? This is very interesting. We want to see if the man indeed is going to be the head of state, the president of the Republic of Angola. Is he going to be the man in charge or is he going to be a yes man? Interesting views coming there from Charlie. I want to bring them to you, Dr. Justin Spears, in terms of looking at what's happening here, because those centers of power is something very much uh, going to be dynamic because we know that uh, uh, Dos Santos has been uh, seen as someone who wants to actually also protect himself from, from future prosecution. He will be sitting on a council of a, the Republic, a presidential advisory body, where he will be enjoying immunity from uh, prosecution. And also, the fact that he will be ahead of the MPLA puts him in a very good dis, uh, decision-making uh, point where he'll be actually calling the shots. So... Two centers of power, what do they mean for you? Uh, Charlie Kumalo here suggesting the fact that it's going to be a challenge for the current president. Okay, I, it, it's difficult to make predictions on that one, to be honest. As, as Alex mentioned earlier, um, Dushant, there are big questions around uh, around Dushantosh's health. Um, that, uh, that, 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 that that may have an impact on, on, on how much influence he he can wield, um, but you know, I, I, I think certainly for uh, the, fir- the first year or two of of the Joao Lourenço presidency, even although Dos Santos might be 
constantly pulling the strings. I do think Lorenzo is constantly going to be looking over his shoulder, um, you know, ask, asking asking questions about um, how much um, how much room he has uh, he, uh, he, uh, he has for uh, for maneuver. I mean, I, I think an important thing we, we haven't talked about yet is the law that was pu uh, pushed through Parliament in the uh, in the last days of the De Santos presidency, um, effectively guaranteeing continuity in in the leadership of the of the security forces. I think that's one signal that that De Santos was sending sending better. So I, I think in short, it's going to be a process of um, negotiation, mutual accommodation. Um, Joao Lorenzo spending some time working out exactly how much autonomy he does actually have. Mm. Dr. Alex finds this uh, suggestion brought by Dr. Justice Pierce actually shows a complexity here of governance here. Uh, what are your thoughts around it? Yeah, look, uh, so first of all, actually, um, the Santos stepped down um, after almost 38 years. Everyone keeps saying 38 years, but it's 37 years. But the point I'm making is, that's a long time with one president. I mean, you, South Africa has obviously never experienced that. So mm -hmm. clearly change is going to be difficult and it's completely new territory. One mm. president for, you know, 30, almost 38 years is a long time. So new systems, new processes all need to be thought through. Yeah. Even an inauguration of a president was something completely new and had to be kind of redesigned. Mm. There hadn't been one of those since 1979. So um, mm. this is, a new departure. My own view is that President, just the former president, is, uh, as we've discussed, is not well. He is in a deteriorating health trajectory. Um, he originally didn't want to step down till after the elections in 2018, but his departure was brought forward because of poor health. You've at least got to credit Angola and the Angolan elite and the political system of recognizing that there needed to be changed. This is completely different from Zimbabwe, for example, where it looks as if there's a president who wants to die of natural causes in office. So Santosh recognized that they, he needed to bring forward his departure and leave. So um, I think... Is, is that a fair sentiment, knowing that he still wants to stay in power in the MPLA? Well, I, 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 my view is that we're likely to see the change sooner rather than later in that regard, linked to the president's health. Um, I do think the Angolans looked originally at the Namibian model. In fact, I know they did because they had very uh, lengthy discussions. If you remember, Sam Nujoma stepped mm. down as head of state mm. but remained head of the party. So there is a precedent in Southern Africa of that sort of model and that sort of transition. Uh, as kind of, but uh, Nujoma, of course, was father of the nation. He brought liberation. Uh, that's not quite the same with Jose Eduardo de Santos. She isn't the first president of Angola. Mm -hmm. So we'll, you know, this is a change process that also is to do with human resilience and the health of the president. It's also, I think, about um, the de Santos family are protected for now. But if the, president, uh, the former president, Jose Eduardo, dies, then that also changes that calculation too. The weaker the former president becomes, the more exposed some of the uh, family network of the former president will be.
Mm. Now that Dr. Alex Vines is highlighting that family dynamic and how powerful the Dos Santos family has been because of this alliance to uh, the former president, we know that uh, uh, the role of Isabel Dos Santos as the CEO of Sonangol is central to the state budget. We know that uh, uh, Filomeno Jose Dos Santos, who's controlling the foreign uh, budget fund, uh, which is about $6 billion. We know about, uh, uh, well, Vichia Jose Dos Santos, Santos Pego, a daughter of the president who's a manager of the state television channel TPA2 and a shareholder of the Angolan bank uh, Banto uh, uh, Prestigio. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge, huge influence for one family to have here. How do you think that dynamic of how powerful this uh, Dos Santos family is going to play, Charlie, in this uh, uh, moving things forward in the country? It's very, very much uh, a complex right now. The fact that their father is no longer in power and they're still trying to maintain uh, that uh, social and economic wealth. Well, uh, the first thing we have to ask ourselves is uh, the amnesty that the government of Angola has guaranteed that Dos Santos family. What type of amnesty is that? And how far will the government interfere in trying to bring about changes within the economic sector of the country as well? Is it not going to be a violation of that amnesty? These are the questions that have to come forward. But now, coming to the children of the Santos, especially Isabel and the San Jose, are we trying to say that uh, there were no capable Angolans who could have occupied those positions? simply because uh, these are the children of the president, therefore they were the right people for this position. I mean, uh, this is cronyism, this is corruption, which is rampant on the African continent, and obviously this is nepotism. But uh, it's going to be a big challenge for the incoming president, uh, Mr. Lorenzo. It's going to be a very, very big challenge. This is the situation whereby, or this is the case whereby he has to prove to the people of Angola and to the international community that, yes, indeed, I'm in charge. The running of Sonangol, Sonangol is the backbone of Angola's economy. Is it being run properly at the moment by Isabel, the board of directors, which he fired about three months ago? Is he going to hire capable and people, of course, who are willing to serve the nation? I mean, these are the questions that have to come to the mind of the president. If the president has put, you know, the revamping, the resuscitation of Angola's economy at the top of his uh, priorities, then definitely Son Angola has to be the first place. Even this uh, sovereign funds that has been controlled by the son of uh, the president, Dos Santos. And, uh, of course, uh, we need to see Angolans taking control of their country instead of a certain family, you know, because at the moment we talk of one family being in charge of the chunk of the economy of the country. We need to see Angolans taking control of their own destiny. This is going to be a very, very serious challenge for the president, for the new president, Mr. Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I said, he's got to prove that, uh, yes, indeed, he's in charge. He's the president of Angola. He's got to convince uh, those who elected him to office mm-hmm. that, uh, people, I am the master of your own destiny. Together with you, we can build a better Angola. Because during his campaign, he used to travel around the country assuring every Angolan that the, the first thing when I come into office that I will combat is corruption, yeah. it's uh, unemployment, and uh, he also spoke about the poverty. He mm. spoke about poverty because mm. poverty is rampant sure. in Angola. Mm. Uh, these are the three centers of uh, you know, social life that the man has to look into. And uh, the only way of you know, advancing into this direction is by actually resuscitating and reshaping 
Angola's economy. So Angola being at the top of the agenda. Mm. Well, I need to take a quick break and I'll bring it back to Dr. Justice Pierce and Dr. Alex Vines as we get their last commentary as we wrap up the program. Uh, let's say a quick break. Complex issues. Uh, seeing one family in charge of state resources. Maybe we'll look at that and get the other views from our other guests. But we've touched on a lot today looking at the Angolan situation. But we'll wrap it up after this quick break. The third annual Africa Women Innovation and Entrepreneurship Forum Conference takes place in Cape Town, South Africa. The two-day event from the 5th to the 6th of October promises to ignite fundamental changes in Africa's socio-economic landscape. Channel Africa will be there to bring you the happenings live. Join us as we and the Africa Women Innovation and Entrepreneurship Forum push forward the economic empowerment of women who have historically been sidelined and disregarded in predominantly patriarchal and tribal societies. Listen to Channel Africa on the 5th and the 6th of October. Channel Africa, the African Perspective. All right, that's... uh 11.35 Central African time. Let's wrap up the show. We've touched on so many things. There's so much that we can look at, but I want us to actually wrap it up right now. And I want to come to you, uh, Dr. Alex Vines. I'm sure you've been listening to both uh, uh, Charlie Kumalo and Dr. Pierce around this particular issue, especially the controlling of this particular family when it comes to state resources. There needs to be some confidence uh, in the public as well in terms of reshuffling things, changing the setup of how these state state institutions are run and and governed. And that seems like it's going to be a big challenge for Leron. So your take as as we wrap up the conversation. So I I think this will gradually change. Um, This is not something that João Lorenzo can take on head on. So um, Isabel de Santos will probably stay as head of Sonengol. Uh, Some of the other uh, lesser family uh, members are going to have to be much more careful and uh, there will be um, removal of their shares, for example, I think, from some of the banks. Uh, I think that's a reform that we will see over the next year. So uh, we should expect gradual change. This is not an earthquake. It's a gradual process. It will take some years. But the gravity will move away from the Dos Santos family over time. And uh, coming to you, Dr. Justice Pierce, you, Justin Pierce, uh, your thoughts on, on, on things moving forward in terms of seeing that uh, shift from uh, this uh, power dynamic that the uh, Dos Santos family has? I mean, I agree. Uh, when, you, when, when, when you have ownership of businesses which is enshrined within, uh, within domestic Angolan law, um, I think making making radical change to that would be more of a political risk uh, than uh, than Joao Lorenzo would be prepared to take. So I agree with Alex that it's um, it's going to be more a process of um, of incremental change. I mean, uh, Charlie Kumalo raised the question of Joao Lorenzo having to present a certain face to the to the international community. Mm-hmm. I mean, my my feeling on that is that. Um, the rulers of Angola have generally done better by keeping quiet, keeping a low profile. Angola generally occupies a fairly low profile within mm. um, within the, international the, affairs, the world. Sure. Mm. So it's 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 really better from from Joao Lorenzo's perspective not to 
rock the boat too much rather than take any big risks. You know, I think his bigger his bigger challenge, as, as I as, as I mentioned earlier, is um, his own his own domestic legitimacy. Um, you've had the emergence of a generation in Angola which is far more critical of the status quo than their than their parents uh, than their parents ever ever dared to be. And you know, I I think that internal legitimacy will have to be sought through addressing the vast inequality between wealth and poverty that exists in the country. Uh, that in turn depends on a greater diversification of the economy away, uh, away from the oil sector towards sectors which are, um, uh, ha ha have better prospects for, um, uh, uh, for job creation. Mm. And generally, pursuing a more well-thought-out, well-thought-through um, strategy of national development. Charlie, your final sentiments, uh, it's true, we're talking about how, uh, uh, you know, politicians in Angola always keep a, a low-key uh, profile in terms of international affairs. Uh, do you think that's the same trend we'll see uh, going forward as suggested by Dr. Pierce there? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not to that extent, of course, but uh, I see it opening up slightly, you know, mm. gradually. Angola, of course, it is a close country. President Dos Santos never attended summits with other mm. African leaders. Mm. We have met so many Angolan officials at the international forum out there refusing to talk to the media. We know them pretty well. Mm. You know? yeah. mm. But, you know, w what I want to highlight here is that, uh, obviously, when coming into office, uh, Lorenzo was criticized by some sectors, nationally and internationally, that uh, he's it's just going to be a continuation of a Dos Santos government, you know. You know, uh, I'm not trying to say he's his own man, but definitely as a human being, he would like to prove that uh, he is Joao Manuel Lorenzo and mm. not Jose Eduardo dos Santos. Mm. Yeah, and this uh, this will be the changes that we are likely to see. You know, the opening up, the flexibility of the government. You know, flexibility in dealing with the media because at the moment the media is mm. operating under stringent mm. security yeah. laws. Mm. You know, mm. yeah, we would like to see that opening up, and uh, this will be the sectors, of course. That new man will know that uh, the world is looking at at the moment. Mm. You know, yeah. But, uh, you know, something to highlight again, uh, Benji. Uh, the war in Angola ended in 2002. Mm. But unfortunately, the country still spends a lot of money on military. Mm. There is no need for that anymore. I think this will be other sector, you know, one other sector that uh, the new president has to look into. Why spending so much money on military? Mm. Angola is you know, it's owning top of the art military hardware, you mm. know, spending billions and billions of dollars on military hardware. There is no need for that. This is the point whereby now the new president will also prove to the nation that, look, people, I've got my own priorities now compared to my predecessor. I'm Jose Manuel Lorenzo and not Jose Eduardo Dos Santos. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you, gentlemen, for giving us your time. It has been very illuminating and interesting to see these various dynamics in Angola's politics being unpacked. Thank you to Charlie Kumalo in our studio, executive producer of the Portuguese service here at Channel Africa. Thank you to Dr. Alex Vines joining us as uh, the head and uh, research director at Chatham House. Thank you to Dr. Justin Pierce, who is also from uh, the University of Cambridge. He's the research fellow there at the Department of Politics and International Studies. Well, thank you, gents, and we'll continue to assess the situations, and it'll be great to get you back in our program to unpack more of what's happening as we see things progress in Angola. So thank you very much.
Well, let's quickly have some music. I think we, we've been listening to a whole lot. So let's listen to a bit of music. This is Paulo Flores. This one is titled Zinaso. Não 